From the tropical oasis of the No White Studio in Clyde, Ohio, it's time for the return of the Captain Skip Turner to come wisen your asses up. No, ladies and gentlemen, this is the end of the team event, and we don't give up. Whoa, 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 that's my fuck word. Who do you think you are? Get out of here, sailor. Jesus Christ. This is the end of the JV bench, and that was Sienna. Uh, she must have joined the Navy, I guess. God damn, I don't know what happened there. One minute she's a sweet, you know, green-eyed baby doll, and the next minute she's a fucking biker broad. But um, tonight's show will be brought to you by Phil at Ken Ganley of Norwalk, uh, new and used cars. Um, hell of a guy to work with. Uh, always willing to go an extra mile, make the deal work for you. You know, very personable. People love him. Um, saying goes, Ganley wheels. Phil sucks dick for car sales. Um, hey, now. <laughs> all jokes aside, um, one of my longest tenured friends in my life right now and easily one of my favorite people in the entire world. Um, this is the Red Devil Phil Holsinger. Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> so uh, this is – I'm busting your cherry tonight. Uh, never done a podcast. It's Like I said, dude, it's like sitting in your garage um, – drinking beers after we shot uh I, I i shot a terrific round and you shot awful um this is this is what we'd be doing so <laughs> well yeah i don't know if uh, that happens as much as we'd like <laughs> but uh all jokes aside um yeah I, I fully endorse this cat as a car salesman uh he's not your typical sleazy ass used car salesman that gives you a 500 dollars car for five grand and then disappears when it breaks down so um ever need uh, a vehicle of any sort any make model um mileage whatever whatever suits your needs whatever fits your uh your budget this cat will find you uh, a good vehicle and all three of the vehicles sitting in my driveway right now mine my wife's my mother's um all purchased through phil hell of a deal easy process smooth as could be uh dude's legit uh honest cat so this Appreciate is that. yeah. This Appreciate is the that. end of the JV bench, and um, you know we we're just gonna kick around some sports again. Phil, uh, honestly, another thing about this cat is is he's a fairly humble dude, and humility is the sign of a of a grown ass man. And came right out and told me, hey, uh, I'm I'm not really a big follower of pro baseball. A lot lately pro basketball a lot lately focus heavy on on football just you know there's some things that i know so um we'll we'll go in with with the nfl to start and anybody don't know you huge las vegas raiders fan um has been with them what through two moves now and my uh topic for you th there's obviously been just a huge quarterback carousel this offseason already and more moves to come without a doubt plus first round talent um right now the the Raiders actually have a fine piece at quarterback but he seems to always be under the gun what I want to know from you Phil and then I'll give you my take on it when when I after you're done with the floor is Derek Carr the answer at quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders moving forward if not who would you like to see either through trade free agency or the draft process be the starting quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders next year? 
Well, to be answer that, to be 100% honest, I think Carr does a fine job at quarterback. Uh, as for the long term, I don't know if we can make uh, the Super Bowl run. I think he's got all the talent in the world like to actually win a Super Bowl. I think he can, he's got he can throw it. You know, he can scramble when he needs to, which he doesn't, you know, after he, you know, hurt his back and about broke his leg and everything uh, back in, what, 16, I think it was. Yep. Uh, yeah, he's got the tools to do it. I, I just don't think he has the pieces around him to do it. You know, we drafted Ruggs uh, in the first round, and we, we passed on Judy, and uh, and and that looked like a mistake. And then we also – we passed on the, uh, the boy out of alcohol um, – Oklahoma or whatever the Cowboys. Uh, what's his name? CD Lamb. CD Lamb. CD I mean, Lamb had on... a nice season. Justin Jefferson with the Vikings. Um, oh yeah, I, <laughs> dude, killer too. Imagine being the team that drafted fucking Jalen Rager one spot in front of Jefferson. You want to talk about pain, bro? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <me>. I, <laughs> just, just a shout out to the Philadelphia Eagles. Pain of uh, bad drafting. I God get you. Damn, dude. But then again, then again, the Raiders have had their fair share of shit drafts uh, for, well, well, I don't know. Al Davis has been gone for a while, but they still haven't been that great. <laughs> well, dude, if uh, you remember right, we always text, anybody don't know, we always text around um, around the draft. Like, we're in a group text, me, Phil, my brother, and our uh, our buddy Joel, big group text. And it's it's usually Browns bashing because nobody fucks up a draft like Cleveland Browns. But That's when true. they drafted Rugs, the first comment was from me, and the only thing I said was Al Davis would have fucking loved that. <laughs> yep, one hundred percent. I mean, honestly, the ghost of Al Davis probably sent the draft card in. You know, it, <laughs> I mean, that's I, that, it's unreal. Like you pass up like two surefire hands guys, you know, that played you know ninety some percent of snaps for the guy who played fifty percent or less snaps at Alabama. Uh, and just burns, you know, burns yep. up the field. But do you say he you runs know, a four-two? I don't give a fuck if he catch you. I want him. <laughs> exactly, it, Darius Hayward Bay all over again. <laughs> you know that, yeah, that boy could run, hit, hit him right in the numbers, and 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 look back at the quarterback. Why why'd you throw it there? Absolutely. So you're yeah. you're a fan of Carr of his own, but you're not sold on the supporting cast. Yeah, I'm not so I'm not sold on the supporting cast. I think Darren Waller's outstanding. I think that was a steal. I mean, you know, he he came up with the, what the Ravens, and then he had his off the field issues, right. and then you know, and bounced around practice squad, and then the Raiders took. I mean, that that was huge. That dude is a monster. Uh, but we we have no vertical game. You know, we have no possession receiver either. I mean, don't get me wrong. You you have. You know, you have uh, Nelson Aguilar of Philadelphia Eagle uh, reject for you. Right. Uh, he had he had a good season, but he's not the answer. No, dude, um, that's that's what I was gonna say. When that becomes your top option outside of Waller, like you really are running into some fucking problems. Um, exactly, it's a shit show when it comes to that because if the Eagles drop them and the Raiders are starting them as the one, we got bigger problems. It's not quarterback. Absolutely. And I, I feel like um, Hunter Renfro is probably going to be, at best, a Danny Amendola over the course of his career. A guy that'll, um, you know, make some tough catches, run some nice underneath routes, tough kid. Um, but, you know, we're talking about a guy that's probably going to have more 
you know, more concussions than career receptions, and he's going to be 35 and not know how to pour a bowl of cereal. Well, shit, if you look at him right now, he already looks like he's fucking 35. <laughs> he sure does. <laughs> but, now, that's but, a guy I got a better hairline than. Hey, you know, you got to take the wins when you can get them, baby. Uh, but the one thing about, uh, you know, the way to look at that, you know, like a Danny Amendola, and I even look at like Cole Beasley, too. Yeah. Is, is In that mold. They're in the same mold, you know, that that slot possession receiver pick up a third and five. But you got also got to look at both Cole Beasley and look at Danny Amendola and look at their first couple teams they were on because they didn't actually hit stride until their second or third team, it seemed like. Right. You know, in a better Beasley situation was, and stuff. Yeah. Knew how to use them better. Right. You know, I, I Honestly, don't know if Hunter Renfro, uh, he, I don't know if he sticks with the Raiders and finds a stride or if he ends up going somewhere else. You know, I don't want to say with a better quarterback play, but, but maybe with a better offensive scheme. Yeah, I could see that. That's that's pretty fair. Um, yeah, that's but, just not Gruden's uh, bread and butter. And he seems to want to oversee every phase of the fucking game. And I think right, he's past his time. But, well, that then you know when you're the head coach you got to delegate i mean that's that's fucking day one stuff you sure. know you gotta you gotta delegate offense and defense so you can see the bigger picture of what's happening and with you know to go back to the car thing because your original question is car you know car is going to keep us eight and eight nine and seven maybe ten and six and we'll hit the playoffs a couple times until he's done unless we fix one our terrible fucking defense and then Get him some weapons to you know to, to match pace. The surprising that the Chiefs you know only lost besides the Super Bowl was the Raiders, uh, and we were going stride for stride and and just outscoring them. Right. Uh, but that was on a good day. You know what I mean? That was that was on Waller was on El Aguilar was on. Even Rugs got in in that action uh, in that game. Right. But and, the pro- certain games like that, dude. When you're obviously the lesser team, you just need everything to go well. I think they won the turnover battle that day. They had fewer yep. penalties, which in and of itself is a fucking win for the Raiders. No matter this year, oh. last year, 20 years ago, the Raiders have always been notorious for stepping on their own dick in terms of penalties. So oh, yeah. when, when a team like that manages, because they've been competitive in games where they've had double-digit penalties for triple digit yards and they've still been in games when you're able to just for whatever reason get out of your own head and make plays and not make stupid mistakes you know that that's the perfect recipe for an upset like that so yep is it fair to say that given all things and not wanting to say start over start over chemistry start over schemes start over offense you are on board with keeping Derek Carr first as long as it takes to maybe write the entire franchise. So is Derek Carr your ideal starter just because he already knows how to get his ass whooped the way that he has been? <laughs> it's a great way to put that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, but you're right though. You're you're hundred percent right. Uh, because because that's the thing. You rebuild, you blow it up now or you you unload car to the Bears or somebody who's looking for a quarterback. Uh, what are you going to get in return for him? You're going to get maybe a first rounder if you're lucky. Uh, most likely, probably a second rounder and a third rounder or fourth rounder, some you know later pick right. at best. 
you know, what if we were to bring in a Deshaun Watson or a Russell Wilson? You know, Russell Wilson is older than Derek Carr is, isn't he? I do believe. And, you know, the thing yeah. is, though, that when you make a move like that, a big splash move, you have to be just that one guy away from making making that run. And I just don't feel yeah. – because you're giving up so much of your future. You're giving up all that draft capital, which to, to the Raiders doesn't always fucking mean anything because they'll go ahead and piss that away too. But, you know, it's just the principle of it, like – you know, you can't give away the entire future for a guy that you're going to interject into a roster that may not be ready to make that that next step. And if you're going to give up that kind of future assets, I feel like you have to be right there. It has to be this quarterback makes us an instant favorite to at least lift a trophy be it the Hallis Trophy, be it the Hunt Trophy, or be it the, the old Lombardi. Like, it, you have to at least put yourself in that conversation to be a favorite for one of those three trophies, if not the grand of them. You know what I'm saying? Because that's, yeah. you're going to give up a lot for those kinds of cats. And that's a hundred, that, and that's exactly why Carr is going to be the quarterback of the Raiders' near future. Because bringing a Deshaun Watson or even a Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson's won a title. You know, he, he can win and he can win without weapons. He's kind of proved that through his career. Right. But the problem but the problem is, is look at him the last two years. He literally it was me and you and Darren and all our boys playing backyard football. He Russell Wilson's playing the same game. Yeah, exactly. You know? he, and, and and it's not running, it's not equated and he's got better weapons. He's got DK Metcalf, uh he's got Tyler Lockett, um you know, yeah, he does. Yeah, he does now. He's got know, a scheme that he's been used to, and he's still not reaching that pinnacle. And to leave, you know, to, to give up all the draft capital to put him in a similar situation with <laughs> less talent is just not the answer, in my opinion. I agree with you there. That's my take. I agree that Derek Carr is probably the answer for now. Um, Correct. Do and, here. And, I, here's and what that, I think they should do, though. I think that it's time to try to move up in this draft because I don't want to hear that next year's draft is so much more loaded with quarterback talent. I'm telling you right now, I've watched Justin Fields play for two years. And if you're telling me that there's two, maybe three quarterbacks in this class that are more talented, that tells me that this quarterback class is absolutely rich with talent. Because, first of all, I don't believe you because Zach Wilson played against one decent fucking team in Coastal Carolina and looked very pedestrian. And Trey Lance played against the same competition that Carson Wentz did and didn't have as good of numbers. So there might be one guy that has more talent than Fields, but I've watched Fields outplay him fucking fight me twice. The time we got hosed, he outplayed him outside of one, you know, pick up the sideline, bad read. Second time, Alave cut his route off for whatever reason with the ball in midair. Justin Fields outplayed him that night. And I there's not a soul on this planet that was telling me that Justin Fields did not outplay him this year. 
So if you're telling me that there's people that think that Justin Fields is the fourth best quarterback in this class, maybe fifth behind Mac Jones, get the fuck out of Dodge. Like this court, this class is, is the one to try and bump up, move up, and get your guy that you're willing to let sit for a year or two. I think they need to make a very strong move with a team that loves to completely fuck the first round of the NFL draft. And that's going to be the Philadelphia Eagles because no matter what they do with the number six pick, it's not going to be right. I just guarantee it. I guarantee it. I would. I mean, I'm more likely to bang Jennifer Aniston tomorrow evening at some random truck stop in Southern <laughs> Ohio than the Eagles are to hit on a first round draft pick anytime in the near future, especially with Howard Roseman in the house. So – at you number six, yeah, you, you had me there. I'm gonna interject real quick. I, you had me there at banging Jennifer Aniston, but the fuck problem is, is you said her in Southern Ohio, and she just don't come out this way. No, no. no. <laughs> well, everything else. I mean, I've got. I'm, I'm right there. I mean, what else does she want? Come on. <laughs> What's fucking, up, ladies? <laughs> yeah, thirty-eight year old fucking beer belly, graying beard, receding hairline. Uh, you know, chest. <laughs> Chest pelt, like fuck. Come on, honey. What do you want? This is, this is all. This is all, man. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you, I mean, if you want a skinny fucking loser, I mean, you can have one. But right. I mean, they don't cut this. You. They don't cut this fucking beef at your local fucking deli, baby. That's right. <laughs> but um, <laughs> dude, moving up to six is where it's at, and I think you could get a dance partner with Philly. And at the way we just got fleeced on the Carson Wentz deal. Philadelphia's yeah. um, cap situation, everything everything considered, dude, they're ripe for the picking, and I'm a diehard Eagles fan. They are absolutely ripe for the picking, and the, that that number six pick's going to be in play. I don't see them moving up like I've seen a couple uh, draft experts say. I just don't – I don't believe that. Uh, we're, we're more than willing to roll with Jalen Hurts. Don't, don't argue with me because – the only reason we draft Jalen Hurts is because of Howie and because of Jeff Lurie. Both are still in place. The guys that wanted other talent are gone now. So Jalen Hurts is a dude. He, he's the guy going forward. Trust me. Uh, right, I, wrong, or indifferent. You know, fail, fail, fail or, or, you know what I mean? Uh, pass or fail. Like he's, a, he's a dude. So at number six, you're going to entice us with your first, maybe your second this year, maybe a first next year. But – in all reality, you're losing a first-round pick in the end, and you're gaining your opportunity to Aaron Rodgers somebody, in my opinion. Because if you're going to be able to have your pick of four, five, six quarterbacks that you feel are all first-round grades, like you are at number six then, and you have given possibly the worst drafting franchise in modern football – at least in present football, some picks to do so. And I think that's too enticing for them not to take it. No, I agree. I agree. And actually, that that's funny. That was going to be my first question to you uh, was going to be, do you think that Jalen Hurts is your long-term answer for the city of brotherly love Philadelphia Eagles? Do I think he's going to be the answer? Uh, no. Yeah, I mean. No, yeah. I don't. I, I think he's going to be – Everything that he showed last year, which is everything that he showed when he got away from 
uh, hogwash fucking Big 12 defenses, dude. Like, uh, when he was at Alabama freshman year, they absolutely had superior talent. You're talking about a team that was, you know, how many consecutive seasons of going to the national championship game? No matter if you play in the SEC, ACC, uh, MEA, what the fuck ever, if you are a team that is competing for a national championship every year, you have superior talent. I don't care what conference it is. Like, there's Alabama, there's Clemson, there's Ohio State, there's everybody else. I don't give a fuck what your conference is. Oh, that's that's a hundred percent too, and and that's exactly my thought on Hertz was, you know, he he went to Alabama. Alabama is, dude. Alabama, I hate to say, it, I'm a Buckeyes fan just through and through, just like you, you know, diehard Bucks fan. But Alabama's the fucking gold standard. You know what I mean? Right. They're putting out they're putting out NFL level talent on the college football field Saturdays every year across the board, and you can't yeah. pick. You can't point to a position group of theirs that's weak. That yeah, well, yeah. that just doesn't project guys to the next level. I mean, all the exactly. way down to fucking punters and kickers and stuff. You know what I mean? Like it's it is absolutely across the board. So yeah, it's unreal. Um, fuck Alabama, by the way. Yeah, we're at oh it. yeah, come on. <laughs> Roll tide. That's what one cousin says when he's fucking the other cousin. But uh. <laughs> Here, <laughs> hold on. I got. I got to crack this fresh beer here. Absolutely. What are you drinking tonight? By the way, we usually do that. Yeah. Uh, so tonight, I decided to go with the uh, Tall Boy Bud Light, the Blue Yummy here. There you go. There it is. You know. Um. Yeah. I, tw- twelve twelve ounce can just wasn't cutting it. I had to go for the twenty four here. Well, that's a fucking that's that's a whole singer thing right there. Um, well, I can't I can't shotgun it like I used to, but man. Eh. Maybe I can. Well, you're mid thirties. I mean, sometimes uh, father time never loses, Phil. But uh, hey, for me, like um, last couple episodes, I've found a uh, a small batch Kentucky bourbon. It's a Larceny brand, Johnny Fitzgerald. Um, it it is. I've said I'm not going to beat a dead horse, but it's a very smooth blend. I love to sip this fucking thing, and I'm chasing it with Miller Lights because, Ooh. let's be honest, I have a drinking problem. Um, well, you know what. You know, my Christmas gifts uh, start get, start getting more interesting as I get older. And when I say interesting, it's because I don't tell anybody what I want because I'm a grown-ass man and I'll just buy what I want and Correct. I don't make lists anymore. Yeah. Uh, but, but, yeah, so I've noticed over the past, like, four years, uh, they've progressively gotten more streamlined from, from Raiders, like, random fan gear stuff to alcoholic beverages, my own shot glasses, yeah. Uh, and then now it's bottles of bourbon and whiskey. Uh, you know, last year was uh, what Knob Creek. I don't know if you've had the Knob oh, Creek. Oh God, yes, dude. I'm telling Solid. you right now, I uh, I didn't realize that you were a uh, a fellow bourbonite, and I have a group that we we all kind of bounce ideas back and forth. Um, my buddy uh, Josh Norris sent me a, a list of the 30 best bourbons of this year, and we have kindly called it the 30 commandments i will pass that along to you and i'll welcome you to the club sir uh it's good to have you yeah absolutely i'll I'll, any any alcohol related uh group there's a good chance that i'm in yeah dude Uh, and and like i say i didn't uh you know whiskey bourbon it's it's kind of uh it's an old man's thing if you will but uh and and an old woman I, i i got a female in my group there that she's uh She's passed me along some some very nice nice uh, sauces, but uh, yeah, dude, I'll, I'll gladly add you to it. I mean, here's to you, yeah. man. Ah, damn, that's awesome. 
yeah, absolutely. That's that's respect though too. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. I, I just I, there's something about uh, marshmallow flavored vodka or, or coconut cream pie uh, rum or whatever the hell they have. I just can't do that. No, no, uh, no, nothing too sugary. I, I, yeah, too sugary. You end up with a headache the next morning, yep. and then then you get pissed, then your wife's pissed off at you. You know, because you don't want to fucking do anything all day. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, stay, well, stick around long enough, and yeah, know where I, yeah, that's true. What do you What do you know? Yeah. She's probably probably gonna be pissed off anyway. Yeah, but. it's like I like me and my buddy Josh say. You know, it, it, whiskey and bourbon, it's kind of like sex. Even when it's bad, it's still kind of good. But that's just what I remember of sex. So, <laughs> you know, it's it's awesome. It reminds me. Uh, it's like uh, what was it? Wedding Crashers when he's talking about uh, well, maple syrup. He's like, you know, he's like, it doesn't matter, you know, uh, maple syrup. He's like, well, I put it on my hair, you know, I don't know. He's like, you know, I don't know anything about maple syrup. He's like, I happen to know everything there is to know about maple syrup. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, I put it on my pancakes. I put it on pizza. You know, sometimes I put it in my hair. What do you think holds it up, slick? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's a good band, or a bad band. I mean, it's like pizza, baby. And now we're talking, it's bourbon, baby. That's it's right. Absolutely. Good. It's fucking good either and way. fucking pizza's the same way, dude. Even when it's bad, it's still kind of good. Yeah, I, I think I'm done with most pizza for my lifetime. I've had my fucking share of that. Well, I, I heard that. That's that's another story for another day. But, yeah. um, no, getting back to Hertz, dude, I just, um, it took the Saints game. That was his first career start. And, you know, I, I think he threw for, if not three, approaching 300 yards. He had a couple scores. He ran the ball well out of the pocket. But, dude, you, you look, he, he, he started, what, four games, five games? And um, it took that fucking little. It took less than half a season to figure that kid out because when it was all said and done, he was throwing uh, completion percentage 52. Um, he had six – Six TDs, I think four picks. Uh, so you're talking numbers that uh, are, are worse than Carson Wentz. And it just it, it just didn't make any sense to me. Uh, but, you know, nothing of this franchise right now makes a whole lot of sense to me other than, you know, it's, it's, it's time to blow the motherfucker up. It really is. It, let's just, just, just fucking implode. It, let's... It, it, let's say we keep number six. Let's draft some talent there. Let's let's do something there that's going to blow me away. And then it, here's my thing: Is it Jamar Chase? Because I think gifted, like physically gifted wise, he's probably got a little more upside than Devontae Smith. But I think his body is going to be more durable compared to Devontae Smith because Devontae Smith looks like he's got my legs. And that's true. Yeah, that's true. He's a small guy. I mean, or if Sewell is there, Penny Sewell, you know, or let's say Patrick Sertain. If you take Patrick Sertain and line him up on the other side of Darius Slay, you have two very serviceable, if not good, corners. And that takes me all the way back to the Bobby Taylor and Troy Vincent days. Now, that's a yeah, fucking – formidable. Yeah, or or the, um, the Lito Shepard – and fuck was that Asante Sheldon Samuel? Brown Lito Shepard Sheldon Brown days the one that uh baptized uh Reggie Bush in the playoffs you know it uh now we're talking you know but I want something 
I, I'm willing to lose, man. I, I've been an Eagles fan. I, I lived through fucking Ray Rhodes, Rich Cotite. Like, I, I've lost. I was there when they went 3-13 and 13 and got the opportunity to draft Donovan McNabb. And I cussed the fact that we drafted Donovan McNabb, not Ricky Williams. Like, I've been there, man. I've, been, I've had some really lost-ass seasons. I've been a Red Sox fan when when our all-stars were Mike fucking Greenwell. You know, I know how it is to lose. I can handle <laughs> losing. I can't. Dude, we're in the same boat. We're in the same boat. Dude. Exactly. You're, so you're talking. You're talking Raiders in the nineties. Yeah. I mean, like, let's do this shit right. Let's finally shit. fucking do this shit right. Let's just yeah. let's make some picks. Let's and, and if you want to trade that fucking pick to the Raiders, trade it to the Raiders. Let's build some draft capital. But please, Jesus, fucking Ulysses Christ, let's fire Howie Roseman and get somebody that really knows football to make some fucking personnel decisions for us. That's all I ask. That's all. You know, and that's that you're and you're dead nuts on that. Finding somebody that knows talent. And honestly, there was a mixed reviews on Mayock, you know, not to bring the Raiders back into it, but Mayock coming in as the GM, I thought that was a solid move. I mean, it was ballsy as hell bringing a guy from the booth in to be the GM, but talk about about evaluating talent. At the end of the day, though, dude, that's the same motherfucker that took Henry Ruggs over them other cats. So yeah, you know, and, I, and I also I also wonder how much how much of John Gruden's input happens on those draft picks too. I know they talk about you know oh it's this you know we're we're making it collectively, but I feel like you you paid John Gruden a hundred million fucking dollars. Yeah, uh, he's, and he's, he's gonna have some fucking say so. He's very egotistical to boot. But hey, I tell you what, I get I get thirty minute segments, and then we got to take a piss because what else are we gonna do with the break? So. I'm going to do that real fast. We're going to come back, and uh, we're going to go into some Ohio State football, if you will. What you think about that? Ah, I like a Buckeyes talk. All right, brother. We'll be right back. Back once again. Uh, it's this, uh, this is your captain speaking, sitting in with the uh, Red Devil, Phil Holsinger. Um, this motherfucker sold three cars while he's on break. He took a piss and sold three cars. Um, sometimes, sometimes that happens. Right, right. I just wake up. I fucking piss excellence. Uh, you know it. You know it. <laughs> just, just rolling fucking ram trucks out of here like it's my job. Yeah, he had ninety six ounces of fucking beer in that truck too. So, but hey, you know they come with the coolers in the back. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I try, are, I try those, to tell Phil those are toolboxes. Oh, oh, not for me, they're not. Yeah, you ain't turned a wrench in your life, you some bitch. <laughs> don't need to don't need to turn a wrench. I can I can tip a beer. <laughs> Absolutely. You you work out, yeah, I fucking curl 90 ounces at a time. That's so, right. Uh let's let's get into Ohio State football. Um <laughs> Phil has been a witness to to some of my proudest moments, and by proudest moments. The ones that uh, I'm, I shouldn't be all that proud of, that many of them damn near landed me divorced. So or, and they, or incarcerated. Yes, and and they were uh, greatly revolving around Ohio State football, mostly the Michigan game. Um, for anybody listening, for the record, and let it show that Sienna to this day credits Phil for Curtis Samuel's touchdown because Phil walked through the door just as 
Curtis Samuel hit the outside, and Gus Johnson said that there was no one around him. So I'll we, take that. I'll take that all day. Yeah, we bumped chess, and I kept good to a promise that I would run the cul-de-sac topless and then stone cold two beers in the front yard. All successful, all completed. Phil was there. Phil was the subject. I, Phil walks in, we win. Christ almighty. I mean, it, it's it was obvious. I mean, Phil walks in, we win. Phil did it. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to take those props, and I have the video proof of the Stone Cold beers still to this day. I'll tell you what, though. Um, if you believe, like I know in my heart, that I drank more of those two beers than Stone Cold ever did in any WWE ring during one of his <laughs> little episodes, give me a hell yeah. Oh hell yeah! Oh yeah, uh, dude. I don't, I I don't think he, after after his first mouthful, the rest of it just went down his chest. Yeah, dude, I don't think I wore a whole lot of it that day. I mean, there was some like my, I had to change my jeans, I had to change my underwear because there was some like drip down. But uh, yeah, you get, you dude, I drank a lot of that. <laughs> you'll you'll catch your you'll catch the residual drip down the old uh, underwear. Yeah, but th there was a lot of beer that went down. Like I don't know. Like, as I'm sitting there doing it, I'm thinking, now I know why he didn't actually swallow any of this. Because uh, if I do this too many more times, there's there's a big risk of fucking choking. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of, you know, with Stone Cold doing it, I mean, pounding two beers like that in the ring, you know, how how drunk would he have been by the end of the show? Because, you know. Oh, dude, he's doing eight of them. He got two a turnbuckle, at least. <laughs> You're right. Well, that's what I'm saying. He's, he does fucking eight of them. And then on top of that, he's been like, you know, no, everybody thinks wrestling's fake or whatever. It still takes a fucking athlete to do that. I mean, yeah. his blood is pumping too. So you know that shit's going straight to him. And yep. he, he might have been coked out. He might, you know, he might have had a, a couple extra, you know, you know, uh, illegal substances in his body that probably pushed that along. But hey, but let's, let's be honest. Who throws shade on that? Because who ain't never who ain't never had a night out the arrow? Hey, no shit. But uh, shit, you know, shout hey, out to my wife. Anybody, <laughs> <laughs> anybody that wants to uh, to get into a, a more in depth wrestling kind of a, a of a take, flip on over to the uh, the original six up six down. Me and Darren talked about. Fucking mania and, and all that shit a ton, because I mean, we're I mean we're we're uh, we're Hulkamaniacs at heart. So, but uh, let's let's get into some some Ohio State football. I want to know of uh, everybody coming back. I'll tell you what, you're the guest. This is your first run. I want you to go first. I want you. To hit me with whatever Ohio State football topic you want to go. And I'm telling you right now, you know it, and anybody that knows me knows it. You are not going to catch me off guard because I fucking live this stuff. Oh, for sure. I mean, honestly, my biggest – I guess my biggest concern, I mean, Ohio State, the Buckeyes, we run we run the ball. You know what I mean? We run the ball, uh, you know. Fields was, uh, you know, Fields was a delight to have that kind of passing attack. You know what I mean? Uh, Cardale Jones back in the day, you know, he, he had a good passing attack or whatever. But, I mean, 
what are we looking at at running back this year? You know what I mean? Uh, you know, the, uh, what's his name uh, declared? Uh, man, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank right now. Well, dude, we got – dude, that fucking running back room is loaded. Let me ease your mind, okay? Yeah, yeah. So, we went into the last season with Trey Sermon as a grad transfer and was coming off an ACL injury, which, I mean, if you just broke – if you broke Eddie George's record at any point, I don't give a shit if you're a Titans running back, an Ohio State running back, wherever in the motherfuck you went to high school, if you are putting yourself in a conversation – with Eddie George, let alone surpassing Eddie George, the shit worked out, bro. Yeah. Uh, like, that's little, that's just that, for real. Little, so, Trey Sermon known, came in, but... Little if, known fact, I'm going to cut you off real sure, quick. Sure, let's do it. Little known fact, I still have, and I don't know, you might remember this from when we were kids, I still have Eddie George autograph from I stood in line for seven hours to get Eddie George's autograph. I have, I still have like this full on like placard with a picture of Eddie George and me shaking hands with him. And it says to Phil Eddie George and has his Buckeye stats and his rookie of the year stats for the, uh, oh, that's spoilers the fucking time. awesome. Yeah. I still got it. It's fucking amazing. Well, and, and by the way, for anybody that has never seen that motherfucker in person, his neck was bigger than my waist. Oh, he's, he's, he's a fucking hoss dude. But, uh, my thing is, uh, if you go into the last season and Master Teague's the starter. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he's that, – that's that's where we start is last year's starter, dude, I really don't even know if he sees the fucking field because you take what Teague does, and don't get me wrong – I love the kid. He, he's he's super intelligent. He he embodies everything that you want in an athlete, as in a student athlete. And he's a solid ass character. You know, he's diehard Christian. I don't, you know, I don't get down with all that shit. But like, he is a very moral based kind of kid. Mayan Williams is bigger, faster likely stronger with better vision than everything he fucking does just from my observation. So you start the the conversation there with the fact that Mayan Williams, who was a freshman last year, true freshman will, in my opinion, uh, surpass Teague on the depth chart. But then you add in the fact that Evan Pryor is coming and Evan Pryor has been compared to some pretty significant talent, Darrell Henderson, who went to Memphis and is now an NFL running back. So he's also in the room. Teague stays in the room. He's not gone anywhere. He he enrolled in the master's program at Ohio State. Master is going to have a master's. Uh, how cliche. Uh, dad jokes? Right. Come on, babe. <laughs> Dude, but, uh, but I'm... <laughs> now, the top... The gem of this class is going to be Travion Henderson. And if I told you um, that somebody that is projected in the same sort of mold, potential production, etc., of guys like Christian McCaffrey and Reggie Bush is coming to Ohio State, where do you put him? Just 
Fucking nothing else matters. Just off the top of your head, where do you put him on the depth chart in your mind? Yeah, that's I, that's a damn good question. <laughs> and these are the these are the comparisons this kid's getting. He's getting Christian McCaffrey, Heisman finalist, Reggie Bush, Heisman winner type of comparisons. Right. Uh, like we're talking some electric fucking running backs in this room. So let's say you're worried that we can't run hard. Mayan Williams trucked everyone that tried to tackle him one-on-one. Um, if you give Master Teague enough head of speed and hit him in the hole, not a lot of linebackers are going to stand up to that. That's a big boy. That's a strong kid. And that's Yeah, that's a tough one-on-one tackle. Get right sure. downfield. Now, give a 20-year-old Reggie Bush or an – 22-year-old Christian McCaffrey, the ball, in the open field in the Big Ten. They're gone. You see what I'm getting at? Like, yeah, they're I gone. No yeah. fucking worries. You know, and, and maybe and maybe I maybe I word my question differently, you know, with uh with the running backs is more, you know, with Teague the incumbent starter, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh where do you, how do you get them all the playing time? You know what I mean? Like are you know? It, oh. You know? Are we are we going to be able to integrate them in and maximize that fucking running back room talent? Yeah, you know here's I mean? my thing, Bub. Um, the transfer portal. I don't, I mean, I follow the NCAA transfer portal thing on Twitter. It's flooded, and that's okay. You know what? Here's my thing. We got the the old adage is you have one ball for all that. You know what though? Motherfucker, you got one national championship, and that's all fucking Ryan Day's thinking about. I'm gonna trust that cat. I don't give a shit. You, you ain't got you ain't got to spread the ball around. You got to spread the ball to whoever's gonna put that motherfucker across that goal line. And that's all that matters. I think. That's yeah. That's a that's true. That's damn true. Um, I think we've got. There's never gonna be a shortage of talent with that room, and. Uh, you know, if if you get it, first of all, Evan Pryor committed before Travion Henderson, and when Henderson committed himself, was nothing but, hey, bro, let's go win this. Hey, let's, you know what I mean? Just talks it up like we're gonna do this shit together. Same with T. T. I think T knows the right is on the wall, but does he not mentor? Maya Williams, yes, every second of every day. Like, these guys, even if they move on, like, let's say Antonio Williams from back in the day um, with with Mike Weber, J.K. Dobbins, it became apparent that Mike or uh, that Antonio Williams was not going to be that guy. He stuck around for a while till he graduated, went to North Carolina. He's a Buffalo Bill, dude. Like, he is a professional running back. Um the fact that these kids know that they can gather so much just from being in that room. And Tony Alford is one of the best positional coaches in all of football. We just happen to have the luxury of so many people, Larry Johnson, Brian Hurtline, guys that have we have that luxury of saying, you are one of the best positional coaches, not just one of the best at your position, but one of the best fucking positional coaches in all of college football. Tony Alford's one of those dudes. He's a fucking dude. And he's going to teach guys how to get to that next level. And 
these guys, you know, they stick around long enough to gather all that knowledge, utilize the fact that you have better facilities than probably 26 fucking NFL franchises <laughs> to work out of. You do your time. You get a degree that, hey, let's say, uh, you know, Johnny D fucking blows his knee out when he transfers. He still has a, a degree that comes from an institution that says, I write my own checks. I, I, I can go work anywhere that I want. And there's a good chance we have the biggest alumni basis. I'm going to be a rich man regardless because I'm going to hang my fucking jersey up on the wall. And no matter what I'm doing, people are going to love me. Like, the room is – it's it's in jujitsu. I did it for a long time. The – the biggest phrase that everyone uses is iron sharpens iron. And that means if you put yourself face-to-face, head-to-head, man-to-man with the best fucking talent that you can, you're going to get better. Will you get better than them? Probably, you know, maybe not. You know, I've, I've, I've went so hard at guys on the mats that I never beat. But, God damn it, I went at them so hard that they made me better. You feel me? That's, yeah, that's that's truth. That's, that's truth. our running back room. So I have no, I, I have no concerns. I have no doubts. I have, I have nothing of that, dude. It's it's a, it's a very nice problem to have. And uh, my projected depth chart, just for fun, I don't know if you even asked me this. I don't think you did. My projected depth chart's going to be, um, I think Teagle start because. We're a program that values um, commitment, loyalty, things like that. Teagle start. Teagle yep. get five, six carries a game. Mayan Williams is going to get the bulk of the, you know, grown-ass man carries. And ask yeah, Clemson third, why he's going to get those. Third and one. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get you. Goal line. Um, Travion Henderson is going to be the star of that backfield and he will not last longer than his three years of eligibility. Evan Pryor will take over that backfield. When that happens, that, that leap to the next level happens and he will be a, um, a first round, second round kind of town. No, you need, you need like a, you need uh, some music or something like that sounds off when you get a hot take like that. <laughs> just, just because your prediction, you'd like to go back and look at this again. But I don't think you're wrong, though. That's the thing. I don't think you're wrong at all. I think, I think Master T is the starter because because of the loyalty and the commitment and shit like that. And then I do think I do think you're right. I I think the other guys are the ones that are going to end up ultimately being the stars when it comes all. You know, when we look back at the the 21 season, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think yeah. you're. Right. I, I I think you're right. I, I just like I said, my I, my biggest concern it would not 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 necessarily the talent. It's it's do just we ball use share. them right. Yeah, yeah, just you ball know, share. just do, but yeah, ball share. That's the thing, dude. Like I said, when Mike Weber was there, that was you know I I loved that dude. And yeah. uh, and Dobbins was there. Um, we had a guy that was a fucking high four star that ended up leaving after he graduated and went to North Carolina, Antonio Williams. Antonio Williams is now an NFL running back. You know, he's not, he's not fucking making a pro bowl. He's not whatever at this point, I won't say never, but if they, even if he never does, he still made it 
Yeah, he made know, the show. Yeah, dude, you talk about Division One football. You're the upper single-digit percentage of all of high school football. And when you make it to the NFL, you're the upper, upper single-digit percentage of collegiate football. And he's there. And this dude rarely saw the field. You know, so – but he – you can't tell me he didn't gain. He didn't gain from being there. And those kids are going to appreciate that. And they will stay long enough to gain what they need. And then they'll go on and they'll have their moment. And that's – there's nothing wrong with that. But I don't I don't believe in that there's only one ball. If you're really running a room, you're going to get benefit no matter across the board. So well, yeah, and, and it's not like those guys can't can't come out of the slot and stuff and like they can't run two back sets and all that. Oh, exactly. They're, 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 there's a, there's a ton there's a ton of opportunity. I just like to see how they're going to use them. And granted, that might be the best, you know, weapon that we have is the fact that the defenses don't know which way they're going to go. If they run two back sets and, and flank them out, you know, slot wise, that's a that's a problem. That's a matchup problem. Right. Or we could just clear the fucking backfield out and line up five five star fucking receivers too. You know what I mean? We, we got yeah, a lot that, of, we got a lot of problems that are nice to have on that football team. Um, yeah, those are those are problems I'll take any day. Oh no doubt, no doubt. Um, what I want to ask you is, uh, I, I want to narrow it down to uh, one guy, any side of the ball, any position, doesn't matter. What's the one guy across the entire roster you are most excited to watch this year for Ohio State football? Man. Honestly, Mm-hmm. I want to see what I honestly want to see what Chris Olave does. It, it sounds I don't know maybe it sounds stupid. No, dude, we got, don't we got, break it down. Break it down. Tell me what you got. It, you know, that's I I want to I want to see him I want to see him take the next step. You know what I mean? Like his talent is there. You know what I mean? I want to see him take another step and solidify his draft status. That's the biggest thing for me. You know, like. Uh, Ohio State's never known for uh, fucking wide receivers. You know, we 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 don't rare we rarely put a first round talent wide receiver in. You know what I mean? If we do, they haven't panned out. David Boston, <laughs> Joey Galloway. Yeah, and, well, no, yeah, they're, you're they're, fair. they're great. So they're all time greats. I'll give you that. Right. You know what I mean? I, I, I just I want to I want to see what he does, you know, uh, with fields leaving. You know, I'd like to I, I want to see what he does. You know, well, it's, dude, it's one. I have no doubts of that cat because he is absolutely fucking silky smooth. He really is. He, he, he is. He's like fucking he's he's like fucking silk sheets, man. Like fresh fucking silk sheets out of the laundry, dude, you know, but you look I, I want like, to see him he, he, here. I got a comp for you for this cat. Um, he reminds me of Chris Carter, not the Ohio State. I mean, like the the powers we find Minnesota Vikings. You know, I'm going to be a Hall of Famer, Chris Carter. That's a hell of a fucking comp right there. Uh, I I like it. I like it. You know, and the and my biggest thing is, you know, Fields moving on. I want to see what Olave can do with the ball coming out of someone else's hands. He's that silky smooth, but you know. When you make the transition from college to pro, you don't always end up with a fucking good quarterback, especially if you're a solid talent. But the thing is, dude, when we talk about projecting college talent to pro talent, 
you're still within that top 5%. So you're still dealing with a guy that was a top 5% kind of collegiate talent. Well, that's true. That's true. You, 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 you end up when you're, when you're a top percenter talent, you end up, you know, if you get, I mean, not saying he's going to go like top 10 in the draft, right. you know, when his, his, when his term comes, but you know, you usually end up with a shitty quarterback. And even though it's a shitty quarterback in the NFL, they're still, uh, you know, a four or five star college quarterback. Exactly. But my, you know. my thing is, is the, the bigger swing is when you're running off a guy in college, that guy might be working at a brokerage firm next year. When you right. get to the next level, you're you're talking yeah. about a guy that you can fucking Jalen Ramsey on you. Exactly. You know that's you know, that's I, the only. But I I just I think I have full confidence in his talent. Like just because he's got solid hands, he runs super smooth and sharp ass routes, and he always has in mind that he needs to give his quarterback something, be it come back on the route be it give him a target that, you know, is away from the the defender. Like, he just seems to pick up on the idea of of the, the finer points. You know, he's not the greatest athlete, not fastest, not biggest, not any of that, but he knows the things of the wide receiver position that make the quarterback's job easier. You know, and that's exactly why I want to see him. That's why I'm excited about it. With the, with the smooth routes – and knowing how to get open and, and get into a position where the QB can put the ball there. Right. That's, that's why I want to watch him. That's why I want to see, I want to see it happen again from a different quarterback. And I want to see how, and hopefully he plays against some elite talent as well. I want to see him against a fucking lockdown number one that, you know, everybody's like, Oh, he's going first round. He's going first round. I want to see him dominate him. Right. You know, yeah, that's I, what I want. I, I'll see. take that. I think physically, um, I think Garrett Wilson's probably a better prospect just based on tools only because he reminds me of Randy Moss, but uh, um, that's a hell of, that's a hell of a comp, but yeah, yeah, that's more of a, a likeness, but yeah, I, uh, if I have to pick Christ, I put myself on the spot. Um, let's see if I have to pick one guy, that I want to see this whole year, I want to say, if it's not Lathan Ransom, just because I want to see how he progresses. Because as a true freshman, he he, he showed some real, real promise at, his, at the safety position, uh, slot corner. Um, I want to see Jeremy Rucker really come to fruition. Like, I feel like, he is playing in that Tony Gonzalez, um, Eric Ebron, you know, just that that role of a tight end where I he blocks so exceptionally well, and he's he's really that's the part of his game that's progressed because a high school tight end, if you block, that's because you're a fucking tackle on a running team, yeah. and you yeah, it's because you can't catch, <laughs> yeah. If you if you're a blocking tight end in high school, it's because you got bad hands. Right. But <laughs> so he came in with, you know, wide receiver comps and 
just had that tight end frame and stayed there and through work ethic, dude, just being a dog, learn how to block, learn how to use his body, his hands, shit like that. Um, you know, the cornerback position needs work. We've got three brand new linebackers. Okay, cool. Um, it is what it is. I think Jeremy Ruckert is a look at some of the tight ends that have gone in the first round. TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fant, Ebron was a first round pick. You know, guys like that, they're not the same complete package, but yeah. they've also not had to deal with the idea like like Fant and Hawkinson, they were at Iowa. Like you're not Ohio State and you don't have the wide receiver room. So he's had the unfortunate environment of I'm surrounded by five-star receivers. So my influence in the passing game is going to get overshadowed frequently. But then you've got the Wisconsin game, the Clemson game, the, the catch that he had down the middle of the seam against Alabama, you know, just there's times where he's shine in the passing game, but the fact that he can take that package it with what he's been able to do and what he's, uh, just tasked himself to do as a run blocker and just in the blocking scheme in general, I think that kid is going to be a hands-down first-round talent at tight end. And I really do. I, I see him as like the Tony Gonzalez mold, and that's that's a big that's fucking outst- deal. That's outstanding. And that, and, and that's, that's one of the things. I, you know, everybody – unfortunately, everybody fucking comps Tony Gonzalez with every good tight end that comes out. But that's the fucking gold standard of tight ends is Tony Gonzalez. Correct. You know, you know what I mean? Uh, but, yeah, I mean, think about this. When's the last time Ohio State put out a tight end that had legit first-round talent that you knew was going to make it to the next level? Uh, the answer is never. Exactly. It's that's, never. You know, they and, had and guys. That's to your point. You know, that's to your point. Uh, uh, Jake Hauser. Um, Jake. Uh, shit. No. Vanette. <laughs> Nick Vanette. Uh, the kid from from uh, the the Broncos. Shit. It, it, it's not going to come back to me. I've had too much to drink, and I've I've drank this the way for too many years. <laughs> I um, know what you're talking about. Uh, it was. They were. They were only like what a year apart. Fuck. He took. He took number five when Braxton Miller uh, got hurt. He, his senior year, he took five because Miller wasn't going to be on the field. Um, no. But all the way back, Ben Hartsock, you know, guys that you were one or the other. You know, you were a blocking guy or you were a moderate hands guy and you could just – you could live on an NFL roster for a while. But you weren't going to go to that next level. And Jeremy Ruckert's that dude. He really is. And and he, he catches – I mean, how many highlight reel one-handed catches has he made in important games but can block as well? Like, that, that he's that dude. He really is. Right. So that's the dude I want to see. Uh, I just – I, I want to see him crack skulls. I want to see him, you know, dominate the Big Ten. Uh, you know, just – it's it's no question i'll tell you what um let's reload on uh beverages and get back let's talk about some daily fantasy which you uh you're a big fan of and you know it uh, 
I want to insult your golf game a little bit. So uh, we'll be back 10 seconds or less. Here we are. One more time. Me and the uh, Red Devil. This is your captain speaking. Let's talk about fantasy sports, mostly the paying variety. Phil, you hit the dailies pretty hard. I've backed off quite a bit in my time, but uh, let's let's hear of your exploits. I'll let you have this one, Jack. Hey, that's cool, man. I've been hitting uh, I've been hitting Fanduel a lot harder than I've hit uh, DraftKings. I like DraftKings. Uh, I like the interface better on Fanduel. I think it's a little more user friendly for the sure. people who've never done it. Uh, it's it's laid out pretty sweet. Uh, I've had I'm not gonna lie to you. I wish I had wood to knock on, but uh, I, I've been lucky. I mean, I hit a hundred grand tournament uh, last year, and uh, unfortunately, I had to split it with like 75 other people, so I only made like six grand. But six grand on a nine dollar bet, I'll take that shit all day. All day. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, with, with football season down, it's honestly it's a little less uh, spectacular because you're you, you have your NBA games, uh, you know, you have your uh, you know your golf, your and your NHL stuff. I don't play a lot of hockey because, to be honest with you, I don't watch enough of it, of it to know it well enough to bet on it. Absolutely. Uh, but I tell you what, I don't watch a lot of NBA as of late just because I really don't have the time. Uh, but I have been cashing on NBA quite a bit. Um, cashing on NBA is actually pretty awesome because if you can figure out who's injured and who their who their starting replacement is, you can always catch a break like price wise. Oh, for sure. Uh, uh, that That's one of the biggest things, uh, you know, secrets of my trade. Uh, I am up. Let me look at my account here. All time on my account, I am up uh, $14,000. So I'll take that. Uh, Playing on house money no matter what. Yeah. I mean, at this point, you know, if I want to get into like a $50 tournament, what I'm not losing. (laughs) Uh, But I I play a lot of the – I don't don't play a lot of the main slates. When it comes to NFL – I think you, you playing a full roster on, on NFL is, is absolutely fucking, you might as well just, you're a blind man picking out your favorite porno, uh, you know, because there's too many fucking lineups. There's too many outcomes. You want the best way to win cash is to do a single game entry, hands down. Right. You know, one team versus the other team, you make a five, uh, you know, a five player lineup with an MVP slot that gives you the biggest chances of winning. And usually depending on their, the contest there, uh, there are a lot less people in it. So that means a $9 bet can net you a uh, top 100 spot can net you, you know, somewhere between a hundred and $300. Uh, if you hit the, if you hit the jackpot, it can, it can hit you, you know, up to a hundred grand depending on the game and the prize pool. But that's what's up. Yeah, but no, uh, yeah, any anytime FanDuel, I can deal. The, the, the best thing about like doing FanDuel and DraftKings is injuries, man. I don't know if you're, I don't know if you're going to get back into it or if anybody that ever listens to this, uh, gets into it, but injuries are your best friend when it comes to FanDuel and, and DraftKings. Yeah, because then you, you're surrounding yourself with the entire rest of the starting talent and then you're going to scoop somebody else up that, gets to absorb that talent at a fraction of the cost. 
Yeah, and then that gives you that gives you the right, like you know, like if you play like an NBA slate right now, James Harden is fucking ridiculous. You know, he he puts up 50, 60, 70 FanDuel points uh, on any given night, but he also costs, uh, you know, three thousand dollars over like a, like a Jason Tatum who's like nine grand. He's like tw- James Harden's twelve grand. Right, you know, and you're talking not, fucking twenty five to. 35% of your total budget. Yeah. You get, you know, you get 60 grand or whatever to, to make a lineup and you put it a guy at 12,000. Well, you're going to have a tough time finishing off your roster, but that's where your injury stuff comes in. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I've never minded it. I, I play a lot of uh, like Yahoo free games. You're talking fucking 25,000 people in entry. Uh, I finished uh, three spots outside of money at the uh, Genesis Invitational. Um, yep. and I mean, it's just it's just something to track. It's, it's like you get that little bit of rush from following. Um, my kids are too expensive. My daughter is too expensive for me to gamble at this point. Like that. That's why I don't have kids. No, right, I'm just kidding. right. Um, well, I tell you what, though. Uh, just just between you, me, and the uh, listening audience, if your old lady ever needs knocked up, you just let me know. You know, and um, I'll just keep it quiet that uh, that that you're uh, shooting, that you're shooting blanks, right? Yeah, yeah. We'll 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 keep it between us about the vasectomy and stuff. And you're right. <laughs> just. Yeah. She don't need to know about that, right. right? But that could play into your hand too, because then she'll think, "Shit, that's that. It's me. It's just, just me. It's not Phil." Hey, yeah, you never know, right? And I, I never do it for pleasure. You know me, your buddy. Of course, of course. <laughs> It'll you, be for you, ne- you. You'd never leave money on the nightstand for, for me to come home. Oh the next Christ! Day, it, it'd be for you guys. <laughs> it wouldn't be for me. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. There's there's people listening to this that are like, I can't believe you just fucking said that. Right. There's about there's approximately one person in this world that I won't punch in the fucking mouth for saying something like that to my wife, and it's you. Right. Well, um, every, most people everybody don't know that I've I've said that to you in front of your boss. Yeah, <laughs> in front of my boss, in front of my wife too. <laughs> right. 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 And uh, yeah, it's it's all in fun. Uh, we're I'm, like I said, like you, one of my longest tenured friends at this point in life, and obviously uh, one of my one of my favorite people in this world. But um, we're getting fucking old. Is what we're getting. I heard that, you. brother. I heard that. To Dude, close her out, you know, we're we're uh, running the gauntlet here, but. <laughs> I, I tell people a lot of like some of the stupid shit that happens out on golf courses. Uh, some of the stupid stuff people <laughs> say. Some of the 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 equipment that you don't get to bring home with you as the uh, the round starts. I've told often of uh, you remember the story. It was just me and Darren, but the putter that didn't go home because Darren felt that if you can't uh, use it, you don't need it. You don't need it. <laughs> and that one snapped over a, a set of shoulder blades, not mine. And uh, that that's one of uh, one of my all-time favorite stories. But uh, I want to know <laughs> how many times recently on a putting green you've uh, <laughs> felt like a fucking pussy. Fucking pussy hit the ball. Oh man, that's unfucking real. You know, I, I can I can go out and I can fucking I can have a great day of golf and 
and, and my putting game will be, you know, pretty good, you know, ones and twos most of the time. And then there's just that one fucking hole where you, you, you know, you got the line right. And then you hit it like a fucking Sally and <laughs> you know, it, there's nothing worse. And I, for the other people that are playing behind us, I apologize in advance. I'm going to say I'm going to drop the fucking F-bomb and call myself a pussy uh, like at least six times in a round. <laughs> well, I'll have you know that when you're not there and me, it's just like, say, me and Darren out and he comes short on a putt or I come short on a putt, we're going to get – and We're going to keep that alive? <laughs> it's the Phil Ode. You know, Phil Ode. We'll, just, we'll just look at each other and say, you know what Phil would say about that? And you know how Darren gets, he, he gets that like fucking kind of, he like cocks his head to the side and just has that corner of his eye look and it's fucking pussy. <laughs> <laughs> and it just, it, awesome. every time, every time we're out, like we're infinitely going to say that fucking once or twice to each other. You know what I mean? I'm just, you know, I'm just glad that you guys picked up on that habit rather than, uh, <laughs> I'm sure you've heard the story, uh, my bachelor party. Mm. You, you remember that? Well, dude, I can't. I can't just fucking give away four hundred dollar drivers. Where I live. <laughs> Apparently, fucking I can. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, you know, for the listeners that don't know, uh, I bought a brand new fucking Nike Sasquatch driver. Uh, three hundred and ninety nine dollars retail. I paid. $399 retail because I don't know any good deals apparently. <laughs> uh, and uh, I, I go up on the T what well, we're on the, we're on the fucking 16th hole, 17th hole. I mean, we're almost done. We're shit faced at this point. It's my bachelor party. We hadn't even got to where we're supposed to go to the bar and drink. And uh, I, I've been hitting the driver and most of the drive has been pretty good. Uh, and that, but the last two holes I duffed it on the drive. And I blame the alcohol, uh, not the driver, but on this particular hole, I blame the driver. At the time, you blamed the driver. (laughs) At the time, I did blame the driver, and I Bo Jackson the fuck out of that driver. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yes, Just fucking straight snapped it over the knee. It didn't stand a chance. There was fiberglass or whatever the hell that, uh, that shaft was made out of. It was, I think, I think it flew and it hit, uh, cruise, remember cruise? Oh yeah. I think it fucking flew off my knee and hit cruise in the back. <laughs> and he was like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, I, tell I was you, like, Darren was not disappointed then, nor ever has he been disappointed with that story. That's a fond one of his. Um, I, I just think the, uh, the, the short putt pussy, like that one's going <laughs> to stand forever just because yeah. that's one we're all willing to replicate. Like yeah, yeah, the green and calling yourself a fucking pussy. But yeah, um, that's it. None of us are really willing to give away our fucking driver like that. So well, you know, <laughs> I, I I'd like everybody to know that that driver is happily reshafted, regripped, and in my bag today. Yes, right. Actually, yeah, that it, uh, it, the um, it's a circle of life, you know. After, oh, after sure. death, there's rebirth. You know? Yeah, so you should call that bitch Simba. Dude, I'm not gonna lie. That's two wedding crashers, uh, uh, you know, throwbacks there. <laughs> hey, uh, the the my my fondest story 
is Darren's Here we go. putter snap. And, uh, you know, it, it just goes to show how little he likes to lose to me on a golf course and vice versa. I would, I would, I would at least consider doing the same, but you know, you three putt on a par three and that, that gets it. So that'll chap your ass. (laughs) Yep. Yep. You look down at the hole, you look up at the sky, just making sure that uh, G bus isn't watching. Then you look back down at the hole and you, Put that butter across your shoulders, and you you call it a motherfucker, and then you just snap it. I know he did the fucking uh, from from what he said, he did the Lex Luger torture rap. Yep. Oh it. yeah. Just yeah. Can't use it. Her. Can't use it. Don't need it. Don't need it. <laughs> and then uh, honestly, with a five iron the rest of the day. Oh, the so. after story of that <laughs> one, we get back in the cart, and he says. Fucking old lady's gonna be stoked when I tell her I need a new putter. <laughs> <laughs> but the, our, our oh. next round out, he's under <laughs> similar circumstances, and uh, you know he, he has a few more putts than he probably thought he should have had, and <laughs> he holds his putter straight out in front of him, and he lets it know that. <laughs> This is how you got broke last time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he gave him forewarning he was going to fuck it up. Yep, he just said, this is how you got broke last time. That putter still remains. It's in the bag. That's, so that's, that's outstanding. You know, he gained some reserve, and, uh, you know, he's still got a full set of golf clubs. For now, for now. Mm-hmm. You know, the sad thing is, is uh, me and Darren have been golfing many times and neither one of us have broke a club while we're together. Maybe that's maybe that's the fucking glue that holds us together. Right. (laughs) From uh, destroying putters and and three hundred and ninety nine dollar drivers. Don't don't get dumber than this guy. If I can stay smarter than this guy on the golf course. (laughs) Right. Bunch of fucking idiots. Oh, shit. Well. Yeah. Hey, by the way, before we wrap this up, I know we're coming up to a close here, but are you gonna get any better golf this year or what? Oh uh, yes, yes I am. Um, oh, here's okay. the thing. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but there's a. Um, it's either the Greek Pi or it's Phi, something P H I Golf, and I bought this simulator. It looks like a one of the jumbo tees. Um, and, uh, I'll kindly say, fuck you for calling me out in front of everybody. I golf just <laughs> fine. You cunt. And, uh, I'm a fine scramble golfer, but <laughs> what I do with this here T is it, it's a Bluetooth activated device. I turn the power on and it connects to my phone, which, you know, then you can connect to your Bluetooth, um, capable television, etc. However, it's 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 like a simulated driving range, if you will. And um I I read a ton of reviews on it and they all the reviews said that it seemed to be fairly accurate for driving like just ball trajectory accuracy. You know, it tracks your club head speed, it tracks your uh club path, etc. And 
So I, what you do is you take this and the T portion of it, you put into the open end of the, uh, the air vent in the shaft of your club at the very top. And then allow this thing to calculate itself. And then it, it tells you, you know, swing away basically. And then you give it a run, it, just a dry run. You, you have an empty, you know, no ball, no tee, no nothing. You just set your uh, device into the club and then you swing it. And if this thing is accurate, um, I'm going to drive the ball exceptionally better. I've, I've dicked around with a little bit of hand grip and uh, I've taken a few pointers on mostly backswing. Like I think my, my biggest problem has been my backswing and the curl around that comes with trying to generate more power. Um, and I tell you what, anybody that's ever been golfing with me, you included, will not bullshit you to know that I am a five foot fucking eight inch, 170 to 80 pound dude that can fucking reach 300 yards on a regular. If I can keep it straight, I can blister a goddamn golf ball. Like, no bullshit. Yeah. Like, I, I, I can put some ass on her. And I can outdrive a lot of dudes, like a lot of dudes that I, I've I've hit 300 yards often. And well, shit, you out, you've outdrove me a handful of times. And I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm not five eight. I'm a little over six foot. Uh, but our weight difference might be slightly different. Right. But, I, I mean, just but, for a smaller stature, dude, I can I can yeah, put no, some action on a ball. It's uh, just, you can rip it. Drive accuracy that kills me. Um, for this particular simulator, if I can uh, get the accuracy that this thing is is kind of allowing me to produce, um, if I'm playing irons in the fairway, another thing. If, if anybody has played with me, if I'm getting able to hit irons in the fairway, um, I play irons really well. I've, I've always played irons well. I can judge my iron distance i can stick my irons I, I don't get too squirrely with my irons and i've been setting up a little like i've i've no bullshit like dyson fucking vacuumed half of my garage which is carpeted so it's not like i'm putting across country oh, i was gonna say so a carpeted percent accurate fancy son of a bitch yeah 100 percent accurate absolutely not but you know, I've got myself set up and I'm lining myself up anywhere because I feel like if I can put eight to 12 feet in in, and I can do that with accuracy, we're talking cutting multiple strokes off my game. That, But as bad as I've ever driven the ball, putting is my absolute Achilles. So well, it's the same thing. It's it, you drive for show, you putt for dough. I mean, it exactly it, it, it holds true. And I've put, oh, I, I've put some work in. And, and honestly, my number one reason, no lie, uh, I, I'd love to be a good golfer. I'd love to talk shit to you guys when we go out. And I will if it happens. But um, my kids are getting into golf, and I want to develop, you know, some good habits that I can pass on to them. So that's, base, that's like the number one reason that I'm doing what I'm doing. But um, – let me hang one on you motherfuckers and you'll be the first to know that, I, <laughs> that I'm starting to golf well. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm oh, going to say I will hit 
I think my best round this year, uh, my best nine is uh, is going to be a 44. That's solid. I mean, that's that's bogey golf. I mean, so, that's out, out, outside of fucking being a club pro, bogey golf is what everybody else strives for. Yeah, so, so let's, uh, let's bookmark this. And uh, I, I'm going to call my best round is going to be a 44 this year. Uh, and if, if it ain't, I'll eat crow. Everybody knows I'll, I'll eat shit if I got to. But my best round is going to be a 44. Anybody wants a fucking scramble golfer, get at me. Because no lie, everybody can say it. Everybody that's ever golfed with me will tell you. Um, if I lay into one and I can keep it between the sticks, boy, we're going to have a drive to work with. And uh, yeah. I hit irons well, man. I've hit some just some immaculate fucking iron shots. Buck 60 out, going over water, fucking in between trees, and just peg it onto a green. Like, I... I can get up and down, but um, if I can if I can take iron shots from the fairway, or at least not the other fairway, and uh, if I can even, you know, just just cinch up some golf from from like I say eight twelve feet in, and uh, I feel like just the work in the garage because my garage kind of slants to a drain in the middle of it, underneath which I don't know why the fuck you carpet over the drain, but hey, you know. Clyde. <laughs> when in Rome. Right, right. When in Clyde, you <laughs> dumb shit and inbreed. But, uh, yeah, dude, I, I feel like I'm doing work, and, I, and I'm just going to have fun, and I'm hopefully going to learn enough that I can pass on to my kids, like, hey, this is how you golf, and, uh, you know, you, you, you take your chances on the green, and don't be a fucking pussy. <laughs> That's right. And, and I do. Your clubs are precious, and yeah. beat your yeah. beat your uncle Darren. And uncle Phil will come by every once in a while, and he'll teach you some other shit. But <laughs> my goal is to break eighty this year on eighteen. I want to break eighty. I've I've yet to break eighty. Uh, I, I've come damn close, like three four times, uh, breaking eighty on eighteen. And uh, hey, I don't know what it is, man. I'll, I'll put like a I'll put like a forty or a forty one up on a front nine, and then turn around and throw a fucking fifty something on the back, and it drives me insane. See, I hover right around the fifty four to fifty. You know what I mean? Like uh, I'll shoot a fifty on the front, or I'll shoot a fifty four on the front, and then I'll come around and dude, you can just kind of feel it, like. I'm just hitting the ball better. Yeah. And then you think I'm going to do this. You know, honestly, if if you really look at our golf game, I I really think that we need to start looking at the alcohol consumption of our golf game. If we really are going to hit some of these targets. The only thing I don't do intoxicated is nurse, bro. So, um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I can do for you there. Um, if they ban Bloody Marys and cigars, because I'm, you know, I'm a fucking. If the dew is starting to to rise, like the the, the sunshine is starting to kiss off the dew on the fairway, like that's what I want to look at first hole. So, man, if they don't make a Bloody Mary and they don't allow me to smoke a a good cigar. That might be it. Maybe I should golf after work. <laughs> I actually been talking about golfing before work uh, this coming season. 
Well, you you see, and you start on fucking bankers hours. We could probably line up for a nine often because all my days off, dude. I I just love I love getting there when the sun's barely breaking, and then you get out there after you've had the bartender pissed at you to uh, make that drink. But all right, boss, you uh, I tell you what, tell uh, tell Liz or uh, Liz Jen. Tell Jen I make beautiful babies, and uh, I'll catch her on the on the dark side. Hey, yeah, fair enough, asshole. All right, man. Hey, 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 just make sure you leave money on the nightstand. Last time was bullshit. It's coffee money, motherfucker. What do you think you're getting out of me? Well, hey, man, I expect at least fucking lunch. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I bought her lunch. See? Oh, all right, well, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh, a, hot, a hot lunch, I assume, you yes. son of a bitch. Yes, we'll smear that shit. <laughs> All right, bro. Hey, uh, this is Phil Holsinger, the the king of cars, and this is your captain, Skip Turner. This is the end of the JV bench. We'll catch you all on the next side. All right, boss? Thanks for having me, bud. All right, man. Later. See ya.